Yo, hey, what's good, people? Um, this is actually a very historic moment right now. I feel, I feel, I feel a bit emotional. Not gonna lie, this is like one of the things I've wanted to cross off my list for a very long time. And shout out to the fam on Tribe Tuesday. If you don't know what Tribe Tuesday is, you're basically missing out in it. Like you're, you're, you're missing out. Let's just, let's just call this spade a spade, right? So basically, Tribe Tuesday is something I do on Instagram Live with anyone who follows me. I just jump on, and we just talk. We catch up. We pray. We uh, catch vibes. And this is one of the avenues where I felt like we could, you know, get closer together as a community by. Just having the platform where I can come and share my thoughts. It's it's fun. It's um I know there's a lot of people doing podcasts, right? Like check it out. It wasn't one of them ones where I was like, everybody's doing it. I should probably jump on it. You know them ones where, hey, hey guys, I got a new podcast, and all they do is talk about like salad. And I mean, to be fair, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about on your podcast. It's the free world, it's a free country. Um, but I wanted to have a platform where I could just share some stories. Talk about things that are on my heart, on my mind, and just have vibes. And I thought the best place to start was in terms of my actual salvation story and why I am so like in this faith. Because a lot of people always, you know, you'd come up to someone and you say, yo, Samuel, um, you seem like you're such a good Christian boy. First of all, I don't know if it's written on my forehead, I don't know if they can just catch vibes or maybe they just have the Holy Spirit. You know, some people are just bare spiritual. So I can't question if they're seeing angels behind me or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's not for me to decide. But some people just come up and they say, yo, Samuel, why are you so on this faith, bruv? Like, what is it about Jesus that has captured your heart? And I always think about that question. And I feel like over the last couple of years, it's been very clear where that started. So I'll take you back. So here I am, a five-year-old kid in Kaduna State in Nigeria. So a lot of people may not know, I was born in Kaduna and then we moved to Abuja. And then, you know, Mumsy got a job in the UK and that's how we came to the United Kingdom. Like quite a beautiful story. And I went on to live happily ever after. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, however, so I lived in Kaduna State for eight years, actually. And the fun fact is what a lot of people may not know is at that time in Kaduna State, there was a lot of unrest. So there's a thing called the Sharia War, um, Sharia, if I'm saying it right. And it's just like religious riots that involved Christians and Muslims. And they fought over the introduction of Sharia law in Kaduna State at the time. And so the fun fact of this whole story is we lived on a, a very Muslim road in terms of uh, there was like a mosque down the, down the road from us and there was an imam who lived on the next door to us and my pops was obviously a pastor and you know um, pops and mum always like went around doing crusades around the state so it's one of those ones where we were just bait for being obvious Christians yeah that's pastor pastor missus and their kids so it was it was a crazy time so this particular day I remember I was at school um, I think it was a Friday. I think it was a Friday or like a Thursday. But I was at school and school usually finished at like 3 p.m. But uh, we had a driver who used to come and pick us up and he used to wait at the gate past three. But this time he came straight to my class. You know, I was just very surprised to see him. And he was like, yo, we've got to go now. So he grabs my stuff. I leave my class. And then as soon as I come out of my class, because 
um, the school was quite small. It was a private school, very small. And it was like one fence dividing, you know, the outside from the inside. I could hear screaming. I could hear gunshots. It was like I had just stepped into an apocalypse. We get my sister, we get into the car and then we drive home. And on the way home, it was, I, I mean, to put this into words, I had never actually seen people die prior to that point, but actually seeing people get shot was one of the scariest things of my life. We literally zoomed it home. Um, my driver drops us off. My mom is literally there welcoming us at the gate. We run inside, lock everywhere up. And it's it's just like, what is going on here? And then mom tries to explain to us that there's fights going on. Uh, she didn't obviously want to get too graphic because we were kids. Like she didn't want to say, oh, people are being killed. So what actually happened? My pops was out of town that day. Uh, and my mom, funny story, my mom was pregnant with my younger brother. And we're stuck inside the house hearing uh, screaming, hearing gunshots from outside the compound. And we're just scared, like we're terrified. And then what happened was we get a phone call on our landline from the imam who's next door. And he's like, yo, they're coming for you guys. Literally like, <sighs> and this is one of those ones where because our family were obviously the Christian family on that street. He literally said, they're coming for you. Come to my house. I've got a haven here for you to stay whilst this whole whole thing dies down. And my mom is thinking, how on earth do I get my family out outside where they're fighting and then um, into the house of the imam, which is next door? But it wasn't like next door, next door. You had to like walk a little bit because the compounds back then in Kaduna State, for those who know, they're, they're quite big compounds. Like it's, it's, it's a big piece of land and you have to go from one to another and it's quite a walk. So what happens anyway, my mom gets us up. We're literally lined up. She's at the front. We're tiptoeing. And at this point, we're hearing like a huge crowd of people walk past our house and they start praying like right down the street from our house. So there's like a huge procession of people walking down and they start doing their prayers. And uh, my mom leads us out and we start, no word of a lie, we're tiptoeing from my house to the imam's house. And as soon as we start to tiptoe, my sister, my, this is crazy. My sister's feet hit the gate right at the end, right almost as all of us were outside. And it made a loud bang. And one of them looked at us and turned around and started gesturing at us. And literally three or four of them started chasing. I've never been so scared in my entire life. I was literally like, this is this is it, like, isn't it? This is genuinely it. So we start banging. Thankfully, we got to the imam's house in time, start banging on the door and they let us in. And what happened was a bunch of the people who were rioting, a bunch of the Muslims who were rioting started banging on the imam's door saying, look, you've got people in there. You've got Christians in there, you've got Christians in there. And for some reason, for, for some reason that I still don't know to this day, the imam came out and he literally told them, look, listen, they're my friends. You cannot touch them. You cannot come in here. Why he did that, people, I have no idea. But I generally just think it was the hand of God because he had no reason to at the time. Um, so anyway, the, 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 the war dies down. And essentially the next day, my mom starts to explain to us what was going on. And she was saying some people were killed um, for their faith. Some people were killed because they didn't want to renounce their faith in Jesus Christ. And it was at that point, you know, as a, as a five-year-old where I realized, even though I didn't understand it in its completion, that 
believing in Jesus Christ could cost you your life. And we're in a westernized world right now, but there are places on the planet right now, as you're listening to this podcast, where someone is being persecuted because of their belief in Jesus Christ. And it's a sad reality. And first of all, it gives us a reminder, you know, to pray for our Christians, our fellow Christians who are being persecuted, that they receive the strength to go on and keep going and keep fighting for the faith. Because at the end of the day, this good news of Jesus Christ still needs legs and needs people to reach out to the unreached and to be in those kind of places. I find it so amazing when you you hear the testimonies of people who have lived in places where their lives, I mean, testimonies of Christians who have lived in places where their lives have been at stake and in danger. And a lot of the time they are talking with so much boldness and so much confidence in the God that they serve and an obvious um, uh, disregard for death. Death means nothing to them. Um, I think it's in the song in Christ alone it says no guilt in life no fear in death this is the power of Christ in me and in Psalm 23 verses 4 says even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me so they get obvious comfort from the Holy Spirit in those times and in those moments and essentially one of the reasons why I got so into this faith and I believe it so much is because I've managed to understand that this faith could cost you your life and I, I know that might be of an extreme thing for people to listen to or to hear today but that is a reality like how much do you believe um in this faith do you believe in Jesus Christ enough to lose your life over it um it's a genuine question it's it's a, it's a genuine question like do you believe in this so much like how deeply rooted is your faith in Jesus Christ? And I guess that's the question that you can ask yourself. I'm not saying that obviously my experience was was different. I, I got to see people um, will die for their faith and that strengthened my belief. Your Yours might be different. Like the, the reason you believe in Jesus Christ might be totally different from mine. But I guess I still want to pose that same question today and say, how deep does this belief run? You know, how deep does it go? you know, into your bones and into your system? Is this an unshakable faith? Has it got to the point where there is nothing literally that can take you away from this belief in Jesus Christ and the the power and the transformative power that he's clearly expressed in your life? Is that stamped and and certified? Um, And that's the question I want to leave with you. Um, So to people who ask me a lot, you know, how I kind of got saved or how I... um, how my belief in Jesus Christ started to grow and grow. It's essentially because I saw a a graphic picture of the potential possibility of what believing in Jesus Christ could, could mean. Um, And I still decided to go ahead with it because it's worth it. Like a life living for Jesus Christ is worth it. And essentially even, even going beyond that is like for the life of a believer, if you're in Christ, if you're firmly seated in Christ, death is just a doorway into like everlasting life it's it's not the end so for us who believe death is the start of this wonderful promise that has been promised all throughout creation so fearing death even should not be the reality of a believer because we should 
you know, have that eternal mindset that, of course, we're not going to be alive forever. So whenever that time comes when Jesus says it's time to to come home, you know, like we should never be afraid of death because it's simply a doorway. It's a passage. It has to happen for us to experience that fruitful, eternal, blissful life that has been promised. So again, leaving you with the question, how deep is your faith? Do you fear death? Um, you shouldn't if you're a believer. If you're sure of your belief and sure of your salvation death should not be feared because there is something so much greater that is coming 